Hi, and welcome to episode 60 of Walk to Work. So this past week I was at uh, Mountain Blues Camp, uh, and I had the opportunity to uh, sit down and record conversations with Jenny Soudan and Catherine Palmier. Uh, so the first uh, two episodes from this are going to be my conversation with Jenny Soudan uh, about the blues. Uh, so I already recorded four, five episodes about my experience teaching at the blues, uh, and this is uh, about uh, Jenny's experience and uh, what she thought about it. So I'm really excited to share this with you, and also for those of you who don't know Jenny yet, uh, to, for you to discover her uh, or get to know her. Uh, she's also teaching uh, at Blues in the Hood, which is coming up this weekend. Uh, so shout out to that. I believe uh, they still have um, spaces. So if you want a last minute uh, getaway to some great instructing with Jenny, Annetta uh, and Trisha Sewell, who is many people's favorite ever uh, dance instructor, uh, you want to, you'll want to get your butts down to Huddersfield this weekend. Uh, as a note for the recording, we're in a place with crickets and babies and people uh, and so actually finding a nice secluded area was not that easy. Uh, so we're in uh, one of the dance spaces. Uh, and I hope you'll forgive uh, the bit of an echo. Uh, hopefully it's not too noticeable. Uh, this was no longer walking to work, but it was uh, definitely recording uh, where we were working. So uh, this was our conversation. Enjoy. Hey Jenny, how's it going? Um, great, how are you? Pretty good. Been having... Amazing weather out here in Tuscany. It's been really nice and finally rained, so now it's even cooler. Yeah. So um, for people who haven't met you yet, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Jenny Soudan. I'm originally from San Francisco, but now I've been in New York for about 12 years. And I teach full-time. Uh, I teach swing and blues. Founded a school in Brooklyn called Brooklyn Swings. and and I have my own personal career and I teach all over the world. Um, and you'll find me uh, mostly at blues weekends and then also at some swing weekends as well, uh, teaching and dancing as, as all the things go. Yeah, I think we've uh, known each other, or at least I first met you like eight years ago or something, so it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. seeing you at a bunch of random places since then. Yeah, I've been doing this full time now for about, for about nine years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason uh, that, uh, that I asked, uh, invited you to be on the podcast today uh, was because uh, we talked uh, together last year at um, Biblused in Bern in Switzerland. Yeah, good and times. That, yeah, and that's a, a workshop that has a, a concept that's been going on for three years now, and this year will be the fourth year. Uh, special plug, we're teaching again, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so uh, tell us about it. I did a couple of episodes a while back about uh, this. So Jenny, you, uh, in your own words, what did you feel that the, this concept's about? So uh, when I was in, invited to teach here and was teach at this weekend, and I was told that part of the goal would be to not be talking much and to be letting the class have more constant movement throughout the majority of the class, less talking and a lot more demo, like I see and now I do, I see and now I do. So when I was first asked when uh, I, if I would be able to, to teach in this style of not mus- using many words, 
using your body to demo something and then let people just see and do, see and do, and then they would be having a lot more constant flow, and or not constant flow, but constant movement in class. Um, I was like, oh, well, yeah, this is how <laughs> I started teaching dance. So um, absolutely, uh, that was definitely a shift for me and that I had taught uh, dance in what I would call studio dances. So solo movement based dances, ballet, modern, jazz, tap, and so on. And I'd been teaching those styles for years. So when I came into the partner dance, and you, you talk a little bit, and you give maybe some metaphors, uh, and I, I've always used my voice to describe things I want people to do with their body. Um, but like sounds, if you will. But then when I started teaching in the social dance scene, I was like, oh, I need to find my words. You really want to hear what's happening. And so that was actually a shift I needed to make in my own teaching, actually. So then to get asked whether I could do the opposite, I was like, absolutely, let's go back home. Yes, <laughs> so, which is really funny. Um, but then, uh, um, so the not talking, I would say, I would even say that last year, I would estimate that we spoke maybe about 10% of the time and about 90% of the time uh, we were moving. That was pretty much my estimate as well. Yeah. Like it was 20 minutes, maybe 30 over the whole eight hours. Yeah, it was really, yeah, I would guesstimate it to 90-10, which is a really, especially not only in the social dance scene, that's a huge difference from most of your dance classes, but also the fact that you have four teachers mm -hmm. that are present and all of them are kind of accepting the fact that we're not talking much. And that's hard, I think, I could see that, it, I could believe that as being hard to all accept and really get on board with. And it, I think that was a, an a testament as a compliment to everybody there. Um, so I think that, that that teamwork style is, uh, I very much would assimilate it to a band where you have the band leader, which is your organizer saying, this is, this is the goal. And then you have each individual doing their own thing, having their own instrument, playing that instrument as they will, AKA dance as your body will. And, and yet all sounding good together. Yeah. And that, that reminded me like the first hour um, I think uh, we each sort of took turns being uh, the, the, the MC, I think we called it, for, yes. for, for the hour. And the first hour was Gabriel doing, and he did not use a word at all. And I was like, oh, we're not going for few words, we're going for no words here. Crap, I need to use no words, okay. Um, and it's kind of like band leader saying, okay, we're going to make this song really chill. And you go into it, and you're like, oh, fuck, he, he actually really means it, chill. Okay, yeah. I'm going to chill the fuck out right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I completely, completely agree. Um, but I think that was also the nice part about how we ended up... Uh, making flow in the weekend across ourselves is that each person took an hour of being the MC, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the word, which you could also say was the band leader for that hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, and not that other people couldn't add things or, or take the lead if you yeah. will, but there would still be the one person who is like keeping it a big picture mm -hmm. vision. And, and we rotated that person 
so then you could kind of get different vibes also yeah. in a way like because each person's going to be a band leader different and that was really good because otherwise it could have been like the same when you have a band with the same people we're having this this week we have stefano and three amazing musicians whose names i can't actually bring out quite like that henry lorenzo and oh no it's the bass this will be embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, we can be embarrassed. If you're listening in, you can, you can like, feel free to tell me that I owe you a beer or something. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's just say you do. <laughs> I do. I do. I'll get to a beer later. Yeah. Uh, and, and having the same band every night for five nights in a row would be, would be great because they're really great, but it would be a little bit samey and they're really changing up the formation sometimes just three of them will play sometimes two of them play sometimes stefano will play solo mm -hmm. uh, stefano tends to be the band leader but also when he's not in it's someone else who's kind of calling the shots and it makes it different and it creates um like a different vibe and a different flow yeah i, I mean i would even say that the there's tons of trad jazz musicians in new york and they will be a lot of the same musicians that are in a lot of different, it's like five bands that all have the same five musicians in every single one of these five bands. But in each band, the band leader is different and the bands each sound different from each other. Yeah. Which is super cool. But as far as like, yeah, the team, the team kind of thing goes where we had four different, like four different teachers. I had not taught at that point with any of the three of you before. Yeah. And so I didn't, I don't even know, or I'd been in a classroom with any of you. So I don't know how you hold space, mm -hmm. you know, like even let's say there's not words. I don't know. I didn't necessarily know how each of you would hold space. And so it, you kind of go in and you're like, okay, we're just going to see how we hold space. Yeah. But I think that's what makes also a good band and a, a friendly band because if you're gracious, not knowing and walking into something can still work. And if you're all gracious, your music will be amazing. Yeah. It's where all it takes is one of the four to not be gracious and then it, there's a dissonance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that it's kind of like, presumably going in, we were fairly confident that that wouldn't be happening, but like if a dissonance had been there, that would have been challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I hadn't considered, so I, I talked a little bit in, in, in the episodes I did about my perception uh, and like, it's like, oh crap, I'm teaching with Jenny and Jenny is one of the first people who ever taught me blues and, 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 and. Uh, and I really appreciated uh, the experience that you brought to it mm. uh, and the way that you made um, uh, made me feel comfortable about having that space. Like, it's four teachers. It's not Jenny and the people. It's yeah. these four teachers, and that's what we were going for. Uh, and, and that worked out really well. Uh, and I hadn't... Well, I had considered, but I don't know, like, how... how what kinds of things were unknowns for you so that one of them was this well, you, we've seen you teach, we know how you are in class. And I had not thought, oh, Jenny has actually never seen us teach. It's not necessarily we might be bad teachers in any way, but just it's an unknown quantity. Is this uh, an energetic vibe? Is this a fun vibe? Is this a super boring, nitty gritty, introverted vibe? I mean, hopefully not, because not many teachers do that. But. <laughs> 
but there's uh but yeah some and also i would even say that there's some people who i've seen teach who are very different talking to them socially and then they're super different when they start teaching like even people's like pitch will change mm. and uh, and their pace and everything will shift so um so yeah so i think that that was something i was aware walking in that i was um likely the most experienced teacher of the four in this particular genre um and and so i came in making sure because i'm a very forward assertive person surprise (laughs) (laughs) and um and i know also like i have a i'm a big presence and it's not to say that i'm necessarily always loud or always wearing bright colors but I'm a big presence in, in, you know, another conversation ways. <laughs> and so, so being aware of that, even just walking into the prep of like, uh, I very purposely actually in our first Skype meeting with all four of us, I very purposely tried to put myself on whoever would add something last. I actually tried to let it be me. Mm-hmm. That when we would, when we were volunteering things, I actually tried very purposely not to volunteer first. I'd be happy to volunteer agenda, like play the secretary, if you will. Of like, okay, well, it sounds like this, and then maybe when we do this, oh, okay, it sounds like we're getting off topic, like these kinds of things, absolutely. But I, I purposely tried not to volunteer like details too fast. Yeah. And tried to purposely add them towards the end when we were first getting started. So then until I, I believed that we all were like, oh, okay, it sounds like, it sounds like we are now at a point now equally talking to each other. And now I will feel like, oh great, now I won't, I won't worry about this as much, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I was definitely on purpose aware of it and making choices in my communication in the beginning. Yeah, and that worked out really great, especially the part, I felt we could really rely on you to, if we needed actually, I mean, at one point we ran out of prep time and we had only like an hour left or yeah. half an hour left or whatever. Uh, and we had the class structure, but we wanted to get into some details. You know, like, here's the amount of details that we can get into uh, and the rest will just be whoever's emceeing uh, knows the class that they're teaching and they'll take us through it. Yeah. So you're like, okay, in this half hour, what we're we going to get done, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're not going to have time for this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I can definitely be an agenda person as needed. But I think that gets into having experience. Exactly. And, and, and we... being aware of this will take more time than we have. It's great if we have the time and we just don't. Mm-hmm. And having like a reality check. So yeah. So you were saying, uh, like, this is how you started teaching, and so, also quite familiar to you. And uh, are there things that work better uh, for teaching um, in this style with very, relatively little talking, relatively little explaining, and a lot of constant movement? That's the other thing I was just thinking. Um, not only did we talk very little, but the students danced a lot. Yeah. And so any good dance class, students are going to dance a lot. There, they danced a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's great because it allows also some independent learning to happen. Um, and also the concept of uh, learning eyes, uh-huh. the idea of being able to watch something and, and being able to piece 
like take away enough pieces to work on it and mm-hmm. then see it again and learn more the second yeah. time you see it and not keep seeing the same thing. Like you uh, see someone, um, if, if they're, they're walking sideways and their right foot is crossing in front of their left to walk sideways in this way. And if every time you see this person walk, you are only looking at the fact that their right foot is crossing. If you see that every single time, it means that you're now, um, you have limited learning eyes. Mm-hmm. Where if each time you see someone walk across, maybe the first time you say, oh, it's the right foot. And then the second time you see, oh, are their hips rotating or not? And then the third time you see, oh, when they cross, they put their, their body over that foot. Mm. Or their body is back on the foot behind them, the way they're stepping. Like if the more, and I think the more experience you have in this kind of watching something and then copying it, and not generally, but more specifically, I think, I think not only that's actually a, a very common way that the human learns, but I think then you are starting to become a more active learner because your eyes are taking in so much. And then you get to, especially if you do not have a mirror, you are now seeing information and you're putting that information in your body as opposed to copying the look of what you think you see. Yeah. Which I, I think, think is a, really nice. I think there's several reasons that we didn't have mirrors uh, for that class. Uh, and one of them would be, like, even if we had the option, we would probably say, no, we want people to kind of feel what they're doing and figure out what they're seeing and what they're doing and what they're seeing and what they're doing and yeah. do that back and forth. I think there's definitely certain times when mirrors are really helpful. Um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. All of the locations I've ever used for Brooklyn Swings, all of them are don't have mirrors. Uh-huh. And I actually really purposely try not to use dance studios. Right. Like dance studios with a mirror and, a, and like an empty box, if you will. <laughs> Which, in, again, in some cases, this is really helpful. Um, but I think also people walk into these spaces, especially in New York, where there's a lot of people who are dancing professionally, and they, they kind of walk in and stiffen up and are like, and now I will dance. And uh, I will do the dance, right? As opposed to let your body dance, mm. which is a really different approach to learning movement. Yeah. So I think not having mirrors is really helpful. And I think that, um, yeah, I think learning a lot of things through watch, watch and do, uh, I think it depends on also the kind of learner that you are, that if you are a visual learner, obviously, Mm-hmm. This is gonna. This this will work. Uh, if you're a physical learner, this could also work because now maybe you're not thinking about what you see, but you see, and then when you put it into your body, like lab work, if you will, this is the part when you're actually learning, mm-hmm. right? So these things like this. Um, but I think that if you are an audio learner who needs it to make sense in your mind before you feel like you can put it into your body, I think that this would be a more challenging space to learn. Not impossible. Um, I think most people also, there's, there's all these different ways of learning kinesthetic, which is your physical, uh, audio, visual, it's all the senses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that uh, most of us are actually a combination of all of these 
we just have higher and lower yeah, percentages. Yeah. As a spoiler, and we don't need to discuss it now, I think yeah. I have on previous episodes of podcasts, um, this uh, learning styles has kind of come under heavy scrutiny uh, from researchers. Uh, and mm. there are several people who have written articles that are literally titled Learning Styles are Bullshit. Yep, yep, um, I've heard this as well. <laughs> Obviously, because of how I speak, I, I believe in it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, sure. <laughs> now I should listen to this podcast of yours. <laughs> Especially if you reference one of the things. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and, but the point I always make about it is like you can't teach dance with none of these things. Or with only one of these things. I mean... You can, like we tried to do, just show it mm-hmm. without any words. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I, I, if you add the word, words, it can be helpful. And otherwise, you're deliberately omitting them to create that challenge of saying, I, I want you to use your learning eyes to, to see what's happening and to put it in your body. Uh, and the reason I'm not using words is because I think the challenge is useful for you. Yep. Or someone is just not capable of doing that at yep. that point in their, in their dancing or in their learning. And that's, that, that is a, an inconvenience, I guess. But I think also your... Because I've definitely taken um, lots of dance classes where the teacher does not speak at all. In, including tap. Wow. Including um, uh, most West African classes you will take. There's very few words. Um, but then... Everything is said with the body and mm-hmm. the exercise that happens. Like, oh, look, we're all now doing, the teacher is doing something slow. This doing this, maybe we, we learn a full phrase of movement and in the middle there's something that's not working. So they just show it slowly a couple times. Aikido teaches this way fairly often as well. Oh, I did not know that. Uh... So does Capoeira. I've, I've taken Capoeira classes from mensres who are Brazilian and they speak Portuguese and I speak none. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning in this class. So they might take, I mean, I'll use this in classes whether I speak more or less. I, if there's something that doesn't work, we do that thing super slow. Or we do a piece of it and we repeat it many times so then your body can learn that, oh, this can be comfortable. And now we do that into the next step. Mm. And now we do the previous step and that into the next step. And now we just do the whole thing again. But now, even as a, a learner, you've now, you understand that, oh, we must have been doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Because we are repeating this thing <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> so in a funny way, you have you have used your words. Mm-hmm. So instead of mm-hmm. saying, all right, so there's this moment, you can do this style exercise, or you say to the class, okay, during the, the third count of eight, on the five, six, seven, we're all getting a little lost. Let's work on that section a little. So make sure, right, make sure that when you are at this point, we have this point that we have that's great, but then you have to make sure you put your body over your right leg before you step back to your left. Some of us are skipping and we're going on to our left right away and we're missing the beat when mm-hmm. our body should be over our right foot. So let's work on this. And maybe I'm physically doing this as I say this, but now I've, I've talked all this. Yeah, yeah. And now after all of those words, we do it. Mm-hmm. And we might as well maybe just do it. I may have just shown it slowly yeah and then you just do it slowly with me and then maybe at the end and then say okay again Mm -hmm. 
I think it also gets into like, people are smart. Treat them like they're smart. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that I'm now splitting up uh, our conversation into two parts uh, in the interest of keeping them kind of under 30 minutes. Uh, so uh, next week we'll have the second half of this conversation uh, where uh, we discuss, among other things, uh, when we actually uh, do uh, use words uh, in dance classes, uh, the, specifically in the uh, blues community and why, uh, and also go into how you can create um, uh, a sense of flow in the learning experience of students over a dance weekend. So I will see you next week with that conversation. And until then, take care.